0: Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. Let's take tech in the right direction to drive social change and close the employment, pay and culture gap for women in technology. This podcast is focused on helping turn ideas into action and create opportunities for women to advance in the dynamic technology industry. I hope this podcast will inspire and motivate you to encourage more women and girls to seek or grow a career. As a woman in technology stories about the journey of amazing women in the tech field starts right now this week in our women in technology segment i will be talking with gabriella schuster as corporate vice president for the one commercial partner gabriella leads the microsoft partners business strategy across all commercial partners her organization is responsible for managing the partners as well as leading initiatives and programs globally that enable partners to build IP, services, and profitable businesses, and also deliver solutions that empower customers to digitally transform their companies and realize greater business value through the use of technology. Gabriella has extensive experience in sales, marketing, product management, and partner development, with a strong track record of managing customers, partners, and teams. She has worked across multiple parts of Microsoft's business, from managing sales and marketing teams across the server and cloud business, the Windows client commercial business, enterprise services, licensing, business development, training initiatives, segment marketing, and global operations show Gabriella I'm so excited to have you on today thank you I'm very excited to be here great let's get started Um, can you share with us a little bit about your career path in technology
1: sure so um, you know I I started in technology in the early days of software back in 1991 um, and I really learned the industry and the business from the ground up. I um, I came over from uh, Cigna Health Insurance, running a, doing call center management. And so I started in um, tech support, um, doing call center management. And, um, you know, and, and uh, worked, worked around into operations and systems management and uh, outsourcing and then moved from working at Adobe to um, to a job at Microsoft. And, um, you know, over the last 24 years, I've enjoyed a, a very um, great career um, working in all different parts of Microsoft's business from um, operations to enterprise services to, um, you know, customer marketing, training and certification, uh, licensing, sales, subsidiary sales and marketing, product management, um, and uh, doing some uh, mergers and acquisition um, business, and then um, and then managing our partner um, business. So it's it, I've I've been able I've been blessed to be able to do a lot of different things across um, the field. That gives me a, a pretty strong view of what is our business and how do we help our partners um, to manage a technology business.
0: I think that's so great. It really um, helps when you have the experience in all different areas of the business because it really gives you that rich experience and understanding both from the customer side and from the product side, from the experience side. I, I just love that you have such a rich career path in technology um i think back a uh, couple things when when you said 1991 directions training was born in 1991 so uh so you and i have probably gone through many of the same uh technologies and you know going back to dos and <laughs> uh all of those <laughs> other programs that you know now i just kind of giggle about so that's that's really great and starting my own business i also Uh, I had to work in every different job role that that exists in our business today, and that has given me that insight into, you know, what it takes to do that job. So I think um, when you share that your career path is so rich because you've been in so many facets of the business, it really brings your experience level to new heights. So I think that's awesome. So when did you know that working with technology is what you wanted to do. Was there a spark? Was there a moment in your career that said, oh, you know, I really like technology?
1: Well, you know, I so saw when I was in high school, it was in the very, very early day, days of computers, and I uh, actually took um, programming class, you know, with the, the old um, programming where you would, like, just learn how to program making words. And mm-hmm. then you would print them out in the big green paper, mm-hmm. <laughs> like green dots all over the... <laughs> um, and, um, and I and I I was very interested in like what is this? And then when I um, I, I didn't go to school for anything in technology, um, like definitely not. I didn't do computer science, but um, my my husband is a software developer, and mm-hmm. so. Um, you know, uh, I learned a lot about um, writing code and, and building applications from him. And, uh, and I got interested that this was something where um, the, it was a fast-moving field. And, um, and really, there was a lot of opportunity. And so when we moved to Seattle in 1991, um, that was really the first time that I was like, well, maybe I should, you know, join this um, movement right, and uh, and see where this industry goes.
0: That's great, yeah, that's so funny when you were talking about the green bar paper and the writing code, so I'm really going to date myself and tell you that I went and I think my first computer class was on punched cards. <laughs> Oh and yeah. I was terrified of dropping those cards because then they were not in order anymore and the system would kick out your programs. So, yeah, we go back a long way. That's great. <laughs> so, you know, we're in such a male-dominated world um, in technology. Uh, do you feel that women have the same opportunity as men today in the tech world?
1: I I would say yes and no. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think yes in that I think that women are highly qualified to be in the tech industry and um, and have a lot to contribute. I think that um, there's a ton of opportunity for um, for women to you know bring their best selves into this um, into this industry. But do I do I feel like um, they're they're all the same um, level of um, opportunity. I still think that there's a lot of bias in the hiring practices within mm-hmm. the tech industry. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of bias in the workplace culture um, of many um, tech organizations, and um, you know, and we see that as evidenced in a lot of the numbers that only five percent of business leaders in technology are women, mm-hmm. and um, You know, that at many of the conferences I go to, I, I tend to count how many women are in the meetings that I have or the Mm -hmm. sessions that I do. And it is generally less than 10%. And so I think that there's still a lot of imbalance that we have to route out in order to make it an equal opportunity, um, thing that, you know, women can participate in. But I think, I think that we should, we
0: need to. I agree, um, I think there is a ton of opportunity, but sometimes you know I believe very strongly that we have to start at um girls at eight to thirteen is is the the age group where we can influence them to really be aware and understand the opportunities that exist in the tech world because a lot of times they don't see it. They think they need to be a coder or a programmer in order to work in technology. And there's so many different roles that they could have. So, you know, I'm really passionate about um doing a lot of STEM type programs. Uh, we've actually done a few in Chicago and in Arizona where we worked with girls, you know, that would come over to the Microsoft um, Technology Centers and uh, in their envisioning centers we'd actually show them different technologies, we'd interview different women uh, to show their job roles. So I, I really believe we have to start there because otherwise we're not going to have the pipeline um, and they're not going to see that opportunity. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I actually think that's
1: multidimensional, right? I think um my because my own daughter was in a STEM program in high school and what I found is that um it was again, there's there's a lot of um weeding out or bias that occurs within even that classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, because she was only one of uh, you know, like less than five other girls in the class. And that in and of itself, when you're in high school, is a very difficult place to be because boys and girls do not learn the same way mm-hmm. at that age. They don't act the same way. Their level of maturity is way different. Yep. And um, and so, you know, I, I, what, what moved her out of that was just thinking, I don't want to spend my time with all these boys. Um, and so I think that's one dimension is that we have to think about our education system and um, how we... You know, cater to different learning styles and um, and the level of maturity of the people in in the classroom. And I, that's kind of a general statement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, then, and then I um, and then I think you know the other um, the other challenge that we have is what you said, which is um, that a lot of girls and women don't really understand all of the different roles that they could play in high tech mm-hmm. um, and you know they they do think that it's just computer science being a developer or a coder and a lot of our school systems and even in um you know secondary and and collegiate atmospheres they just reinforce that and they don't talk about program management roles and they don't talk about marketing roles and all of the the other kinds of things that you can do in high tech and so the the, the worry that as every company becomes a digital native company, and technology is pervasive in every job that people do, if we don't encourage young girls to um, continue to be curious about the technology and engage in it um, as they get older, because, I, I mean, when they're, in, when they're in middle school, I think they, the, the propensity is all the same, but then something happens as they move into high school and then as they move into college, that things change. And if we don't figure out how to change that, then we risk having a problem in our workforce.
0: So true, so true. I completely agree. So, um, as a woman yourself in technology, what are some of the challenges you've faced, and how did you overcome them? Maybe you have an example.
1: Yeah, you know, I think you know one of the biggest challenges that I faced is that um, I don't feel like people ever assumed I had credibility. Um, and so in every engagement, in every interaction, I felt like I needed to build my credibility. Why am I here? Um, what is the experience that brought me here? Why should you listen to me? Um, and um, and that's, you know, that's been a kind of a lifelong um, thing within the industry. Um, when I go to give a, um, a, a a keynote, I, well, I mean, maybe not now, but for a very, very long time, I, you know, I had to say, you know, what? Who am I? why you you know what my my experience in the industry, the things that I have done, mm-hmm. so that people would listen
0: yeah, that's that's proving yourself, right every every time you get to a meeting or do a speech, but proving yourself is so uh, common today. Uh, what are some of the things you did to kind of overcome that or um, maybe did you change in any way to be able to project that confidence, or not having to prove yourself? Um, I, I think that um, well, I just got I just got very
1: good at at creating the sound bites that worked. Mm-hmm. That's smart. That's smart. <laughs> um, right now, so like as I gained experience on things, then I would reference those things where um, you know it was clear. Um, what my experience was to try to shortcut that that credibility gaming experience and moment, um, and then I do think that I have um, learned to project much more confidence in mm-hmm. what I say than you know oftentimes than what I might feel.
0: Right, right. No, that's very good. Um, so, do you think women have advantages over men, and if so, what what do you think they are?
1: Um, I think, well, I mean, I think generally, um, the advantage, um, you know, that when you have a diverse population, um, in any decision, then I think that it adds to the value of how you make that decision. There's a great book by a woman, um, Houston, who talks about how women decide, um, and talks about why you want to have, Um, an equal number of uh, women and men in high-risk decision-making situations because the way that women tend to look at that uh, situation is to look at all of the options and the alternatives and men tend to narrow in on uh path very quickly, and you need both when you're making a decision. You need to be able to move quickly, but you also need to understand all your options. And so I do think that there's a huge advantage when you have the diversity um, in the room, um, you know, having that conversation. I, I also think that, um, you know, there is a lot of value that, that you know, that women, this is going to be a broad generalization, but I think that women tend to have less ego wrapped up in. Um, what they say and what they do than men do and so you um, you can have a um, maybe a more uh, open dialogue. Um, and and that's probably a very biased thing for me to
0: say, but that's kind of my lived experience. <laughs> no, I think, I think you're right in the sense that, you know, having that diversity and having both sides at the table making decisions really adds a lot of value to, like you said, uh, moving quickly but still evaluating all your options. I think also women bring empathy and collaboration more than men do to the table, which really helps. Uh, look at things from different angles so um, so I think what you said is, is absolutely 100% correct, bringing both uh, into that decision making is so valuable that's really great. So if a woman was considering joining or having a career in tech today what advice would you give her?
1: I would say um, don't don't get intimidated by the fact that um, there aren't as many women, you use it as an opportunity um, to go explore and find the right place for you within um, within the tech industry. That it's not um, there isn't just one path to go to. And um, you know, if you are um, if you think big and you can um, you know take risks. And um, you know this is a great place because it's moving very quickly. You're in a you know you are in an industry where you're constantly learning, um, where there's a ton of variety, and you know really where the opportunities are endless.
0: That's great advice. Great advice. So Gabriella, what are three words that your friends would use to describe you? Um,
1: I think they would say um, I am authentic. Um, I am focused, and, um, and I'm uh, supportive.
0: And you are amazing. <laughs> thank, oh, you so thank you so much for your time. I really enjoyed our time together. Appreciate it, and look forward to having you again on another show. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you, see you next week.
2: From IT skill enhancements to end user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum, on-demand courses for IT professionals or end users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com to claim this offer today hurry. This offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.